Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. And I'm sitting in the fairly new New York offices of IOTA, and uh, I'm with Kevin Tan. Welcome. Thank you very much. You're CEO of IOTA? Yes, I'm CEO and co-founder of IOTA. Right. And just for people who are listening and not looking at the blog right now, it's E-Y-E-O-T-A, IOTA, not I-O-T-A, so just to get that clear. And just in simple terms, what does IOTA do? So IOTA is an audience targeting data technology company. So what we do is we basically build out anonymized profiles of individuals that can be used by marketers or advertisers um, to, to basically understand more about what those users uh, are, are based on. Right. Now, something we talk about at DMN all the time is the importance of, of customer data, prospect data, and uh, there's a huge amount of it out there. So I'm really interested in digging into how IOTA gathers it, manages it. But I know your story is interesting because you've taken a kind of, in your career, circuitous route to get back to New York, haven't you? And uh, indeed, IOTA didn't start in the United States. So maybe you could give us some background for yourself and the company. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm American, but I've been working overseas for, for quite some time. Um, particularly a lot uh, in Asia Pacific and Europe. And prior to starting up IOTA, I was part of a, a successful California-based startup called Adify. And I ran the international uh, team for, for them. And basically after IOTA, after IOTA, after Adify had, yeah. uh, had, had exited and um, I took my international team and we, we established IOTA. So it was very nice because it would be a team of people that we've been working with for quite some time. And we were able to set up uh, IOTA then from day one across three continents. Wow. So Australia, Asia, and Europe. And and so that was, and, yeah, and that, that was uh, quite a, a unique thing. I was based in Singapore? So Singapore is where the headquarters for IOTA is, right. and that's where our tech and development teams are and our data science and analytics teams. Uh, but from day one, as I mentioned, um, my co-founders were based in Berlin, London, Singapore, and Sydney. Right. And so we had uh, kind of traction and market penetration and visibility both with our data suppliers, uh, which can be publishers or offline data sources, as well as the advertisers and marketers that use the data. Okay, now this, I think we're going back to about 2012, if I did my research correctly, about four years? Uh, no, IOTA's actually been around for six years. Six years, okay. So we, um, we, we started and we spent a, a, the first couple of years building out the technology, right. and then we've been commercially active for about the last four years. Okay, and this, as I said, it's a new office in the United States for you, so what's the approach to the U.S. market? Is this a big new opportunity for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously the U.S. Is the, is the biggest single market in the world for, for advertising and for marketing, so it's a, quite a thrilling and exciting opportunity for us. IOTA started up, um, as I mentioned, in, in those international markets, really focusing initially on the Asia-Pacific and the European markets. Uh, and the reason we did that was we had teams based there, but we felt that there was a very interesting need for audience targeting data as programmatic advertising was growing in those sectors. Um, there had been some, there had been quite a bit of this activity in the U.S. and it was very heavily funded from venture capital, mm-hmm. whereas the, the non-U.S. markets were nascent and emerging, and that's where our expertise was. And so we basically capitalized on that expertise to, to build that technology that was suitable for those markets and also um, to basically be the first mover in those markets. Um, now, the United States uh, has been a market that we've always kind of looked at, but um, we wanted to basically enter this market at the right time when it made sense for us and for the market. And having basically been at, built out our, our audience pool 
and our partnerships and our technology to, to basically thoroughly cover the European, the Asia Pacific, and the, and the Latin American markets. Um, the North American markets in the United States was, was naturally our next port of call. Okay. Do you see the United States as being uh, in any way behind the other markets you're developing in when it comes to the need for data? Or It's actually a very interesting market because since the U.S. market is so big, yeah. um, basically people develop out technologies and services based on certain niches. Yeah. And, um, so, and since there, it is such a big market, there's an entire ecosystem around data and around advertising that exists here. That's not the market that exists at all outside of the United States. So uh, for us to grow, we really had to build out a whole range of technologies to, to provide a basic service offering. And so that gave us a very interesting position, I think, in terms of having the full technology stack to be able to, to handle audience data yeah. and to service our clients and partners. So everything from the collection of the data in the DMP to the onboarding of the data to the whole marketplace infrastructure, we had to build from scratch. I see. So, if anything, the U.S. is a slightly more mature market. You 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 built your operations outside the U.S. and now you're ready to to come in here. Correct. And so it's it's provided us with actually a really interesting position in coming in the U.S. because we do have all of those products and services under one roof with with one kind of integrated technology system. And yeah. so um, deploying that has has been interesting for us. But I mean, the, the U.S. is a very mature market, uh, but there are a lot of lessons that we've learned from outside of the U.S. Uh, that we're actually bringing and applying to the, this market. Uh, one of the, the things that, that comes to mind, uh, top of mind, is really the issue of personal data privacy. Of course, yes. And this is something that's huge in Europe. Yes. And you know, Germany was one of our first markets, uh, and that's really where you have the most stringent uh, adherence to, to personal uh, consumer data privacy. And so we had to build our technology and our data collection systems around those rules and regulations. In fact, you know, I think we have over 40 different privacy um, regimes right. that we're dealing with outside of the U.S. And so having to build the technology and our practices and our systems to be um, adherent to those, those practices and those norms and that legislation has actually kind of given us a very interesting approach to the U.S. where suddenly um, you know, privacy is becoming much more top of mind for consumers, and yes. that's also being reflected on the legislative side here in the U.S. Yeah, I can see that being the wave of the future, but of course, if you can comply with European regulations, then your standards must be pretty high. Yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're, we're very confident that, um, I mean, I think we're, we're well ahead of the, the game uh, okay. for that with respect to the U.S. market. So I think one way to get into talking about... Um, in more focused detail about the services you provide, might be to ask about your customers. What kinds of businesses come to you for your services? So I, many, many, because I think everyone wants to know about their consumers and cons potential consumers that they might have and have more information on their profiles. But I think typically um, our initial set of customers has largely been around marketers and advertisers, mm -hmm. uh, and where our data has been used to target specific advertising to specific types of consumers based on their demographics, their interests, their um, purchase intent, uh, or other information that, that, um, that we've been able to, to collect anonymously about them. Um, beyond that, uh, there's a whole range of technology providers, and really anyone who has consumers, be it uh, be it uh, everyday consumers or be it business-to-business -business types of company consumers uh, come to us for that type of data also. I was thinking because we're, we're talking about data at a considerable scale, we can go into more detail about that. I was assuming it's more a B2C focus. Would I be wrong there? 
I, it's it's a combination actually. Yeah. I mean, the, the B to C is is kind of the obvious one and probably the the slightly sexier one. Uh, but the the B to B is very important. There's a lot of business to business marketers, and that's probably one of the fastest growing sectors in audience data. Data is actually targeting those types of consumers. And we work with a wide variety of different business to business data and business to business data providers um, to to basically help help them bring that data online and help the the users of those data actually access that data. Interesting. So uh, if I'm if I'm a business and I come to you, I may already be running Salesforce or Marketo or something like that, and I may think I've got my own the data about my own customer base. I've already got that organized. I can manage that. Now, are you bringing me data from the big world out there so I can expand my customer base? It, it's a combination of two things. It's actually finding more information about your existing customers. You know, there are many brands that have great data on their customers, but they don't know everything about their customers. They will know information about their customers as it pertains to their products and as and that purchase cycle. But beyond that, they might not know other interesting things about their consumers that can help them shape new product ideas, help them shape new creative or advertising campaigns or marketing campaigns. In addition, we also provide, as, as you mentioned, information about um, other, uh, yeah. other potential consumers that they have in that universe because we, we track over 3 billion unique profiles around the globe. Yeah, I, I wanted to get on, on to the numbers, which are, which are quite, quite extraordinary. And um, we talking, before we started, we were talking a little bit about Experian, which is, is a company which came into this kind of a space with an existing very large database of transactional data. Um, so I was wondering where you gather the data from, where you, where you find this data. So we collect data from a variety of sources. I think the, the primary base of where we initially get data from is, is from uh, a network of publishers that we've built out, so right. publisher partners. So these could be very large publishers that have an online presence or small to medium publishers that have audiences, either online or mobile or, or, or video and, and increasingly across a whole range of, of different digital channels. Mm-hmm. But we, we um, have relationships with over 30,000 of these publishers globally that we've basically built into a network that provides us basic level information. Uh, In addition, we have a robust onboarding business where we take offline data and we match that online, where we work with a whole range of offline data providers. So those could be folks that don't have a directly accessible or or activatable um, source of data. So you mentioned Experian. We also work very closely with folks like Kantar and GFK, and Ipsos and a whole range of over 50 different offline data providers where we've taken that data and matched that to both online, uh, online and mobile signals so that those, those data owners can actually make that data um, usable within the, the programmatic advertising and marketing ecosystem. Okay, now, and the, the matching part of this, which is, which is so important, is that something which IOTA is doing in-house, like bringing these various sources together and saying, oh, that's this individual to a certain level of confidence? Well, so, you know, we've grown up, as I mentioned before, in, in an environment where, where privacy is very important, mm-hmm. consumer privacy is very important. So what we have done uh, is, is basically matched up data and anonymized that anonymized, and, yeah. and aggregated it. Um, as, I men- as I was speaking before about the U.S. ecosystem, the U.S. ecosystem is, is built very heavily on personally identifiable information and deterministic data, so doing a one-to-one match. Uh, the U.S. market is really, for all intents and purposes, the only market in the world that actually has comprehensive coverage across that deterministic data, uh, and so where you can do that one-to-one match. Yeah. Outside of the U.S., that data is not available, so typically what happens is someone will match uh, some personally identifiable information, like an email address or a telephone number. They'll encrypt that, 
and what's called hashing, and they'll encrypt that and they'll match one piece of data to another piece of data anonymously using that that information that they know as a key. Right. Now that information that key is not really available outside the U.S. market at scale. So we looked at trying to do that, but it became very cost prohibitive to build out those sets, and a lot of the data, as I mentioned, was not available. So we developed that a, a different methodology, a heuristic methodology that allowed us to, to, to do matching using a variety of different data points and matching those statistically together, which allowed us to basically connect those data sources, connect it at scale and connect it in an efficient manner that met not only the, um, the rigorous kind of statistical considerations of our data owners, but also met the advertisers and marketers, the end users' requirements to have something that was accurate enough to match. And so we, we pioneered this outside the U.S., and we basically started building this out about three, three and a half years ago. We launched with partners like Experian, mm-hmm. and so we now, we now basically do that at scale, and we're the only people that do that at scale in the non-U.S. markets. That's really interesting because I've spoken to companies which are developed in the U.S. Um, in this space, and they use a combination of deterministic and probability probabilistic data, but you're saying outside the U.S., because of a high level of regulation, you really have to weight the probabilistic data heavily and be able to work accurately with that. Yes, I mean, it's a combination of things. I mean, there are regulatory issues with privacy that are concerned outside Mm -hmm. of the U.S. Um, There's just issues about availability of data. Right. You know, um, the, the direct marketing ecosystem is extremely well developed in the United States and has been for a long time. So there are lots and lots of sources of information available that you can match and you can bring together. Outside the U.S., this starts to get fairly sketchy pretty quickly, and the, the data availability simply is not there in most markets. And so there's no one point to turn to to basically kind of connect and match those deterministic pieces together. Um, so we've had to basically develop that methodology that uses a combination of, of, of known data and other data points that we have. And the reason that we've been able to do this at scale so successfully is we just we have so much data, as I mentioned before. We yeah. track over 3 billion uniques around the planet, and we have fairly deep data in most of the markets, and we can use that depth of data to provide that matching. Okay. And just a kind of question from a user point of view. Are you delivering the data to your clients for them to manage using their own kind of user interfaces or dashboards? Or are you providing a platform they can actually go in there and work within IOTA with the data? Well, I mean, ultimately, we're, we're a data and technology company, mm-hmm. so we're, we're really platform agnostic. Okay. We have one of the largest kind of sets of integrations into the advertising and marketing ecosystem yep. uh, of, of really anyone. So we integrate into you know, well over 100 of these different platforms, and so we just make our data available within anyone's ecosystem to be accessed based on what they use and how their, their systems are internally. So they don't need to set up a new technology platform and educate their teams on how to use it. We simply make our data available ubiquitously through everyone. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So um, running out of time here, what, fairly new to the United States, what do you see as the immediate challenges, immediate things you'd like to get done, you'd like to achieve? Well, I mean, we're very excited about this market because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's a very big market. It's a very fast-moving market. And it's a very sophisticated market. And there have been a lot of changes in data. I think early on in the data game, in the audience data game in the U.S., there was a lot of data that was dumped on the market. And it was very difficult to tell the quality of the data or the preciseness of, of the accuracy of that targetability of that data. 
um, we had very rigorous standards kind of working in, in many of those privacy compliant markets outside of the U.S. So we had to develop quality as really the baseline of our data. So coming into this market now that it's shifting from you know, scale and commoditization to one where quality and privacy play very much stronger points, um, plays to our strengths. And so it's pretty exciting for us to come into this market at scale with all the different connections into the different platforms and having experience at working with you know, all of the major agencies, all the major brands in non-U.S. markets coming here and helping them to provide those services in this, in this market is, is a, a very exciting uh, endeavor for us. Okay, that, that is a, a great perspective, and it's a different perspective from many people I talk to who, as I say, develop their businesses in the United States. So, Kevin, thanks for joining us for the podcast. Thank you very much. And everyone, keep looking out for the next one-on-one podcast. Thanks for listening in.